Episode 107 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the American country music singer Martina McBride, who's enjoyed big success in the USA and Canada particularly. This interview took place in London in 1993, when she'd released her second album, The Way That I Am, and was preparing to tour Europe for the first time, supporting the great Garth Brooks. I began by asking Martina how much she was looking forward to it. Uh, in the biggest possible way. I mean, I'm just very excited. And uh, this is my first time here, so it's exciting to come here and then to come with, get to come with Garth is just wonderful. Yeah, it's almost also Garth Brooks' first time here as well. He's very much a newcomer to the British audiences too. Do you think that helps? Does that help you? Well, I think that there's a there's a lot of excitement surrounding the tour. You know, ever, since he hasn't been here before, everybody's really looking forward to seeing our show. And so in that way, yeah, I think that um, just the fact that everybody's kind of wondering, nobody knows what to expect, both on your end and on our end. So it's, it's it probably lends to the excitement of everything, yeah. But you've toured with Garth before. What's that like? It's wonderful. I mean, we, um, we toured together in 1992 and um, did about uh, 75 shows together, played in front of over a million people during that time. And he's a very, very big, huge star in the United States, the biggest. So it's very exciting to get to go and, and be part of all that. Have you swapped notes on facing up to Europe and facing this new audience? We've talked a little bit about it, yeah. And we both don't know quite what to expect. It's a new experience for both of us. And I talked to him just the other day, as a matter of fact, and he's very excited, and uh, we're both a little nervous. I think I can speak for him and say that. So um, I think we'll, we'll both feel better once we get a few shows under our belt. Are you both changing the sort of routine you do for the American audience, for the European audience? I don't know about Garth. I don't know what he's doing. Um, I will probably do close to the same show that I do in the U.S. and see how that works. <laughs> and then... Uh, you know, but I'll be doing songs off of the album, the, the new release over here, and the singles, of course, My Baby Loves Me, and Life Number no. 9 is the new single. And so I'll pretty much be doing the same show. I get to do 30 minutes, so. But I heard that the photograph for the front of the album had to be changed for the European audience as opposed to the American one. Why was that? Well, I think that it just, um, th- this picture has a more European look, if you will, and I really like the picture. I think it's it's a good one, and... Um, Actually, th- that decision, you know, was left to somebody else. I just, you know, approved the picture, but um, people know more about that stuff than I do, so. How much are you depending on the Garth Brooks tour to help you sell this album over here? Well, I guess probably quite a bit at first. You know, we're, we'll be over here for three weeks, and hopefully in that amount of time we'll play in front of a lot of people, and uh, people will like my show and like me once they come to see it and then want to go out and buy the album. I've had a huge success with the single from the album My Baby Loves Me. Mm-hmm. Is that the first single over here as well? Yes, it's the first yeah. single. Sure. And, and the video was on CMT Europe and actually went to number one over here on CMT Europe. So hopefully, you know, people will recognize that song. Tell us the story of that song. Well, the song is just, you know, for me, it's a real positive uh, love song. And it was written by a woman named Gretchen Peters. And she's just a wonderful writer. And, and when I s- sing it in concert, everybody sings along and seems to really have a lot of fun with it. And it makes me feel good that, that I can do a real positive song and, um, have pe- and people can really relate to it. Do you already know which the other singles will be? Which are your favorite tracks on the album? The, single, the second single off the album is a song called Life Number no. 9, and it just entered the top ten in the U.S. this week. And then the, next, the new single will be coming out in about three weeks, and it's called 
Independence Day, and it's also written, written by Gretchen Peters. We finished shooting a video for it last week. Yeah, Gretchen Peters has made quite a contribution to your album. Mm-hmm. You don't write any songs. Why is that? Why don't you write your own songs? Like a talent, I guess. <laughs> Have I you tried then? Well, no, I really haven't tried. Um, I've co-written a couple of things when I moved to Nashville, but it's just something that I would really have to work on and devote a lot of time to. And, and right now, I'm just happy. You know, we have so many wonderful songwriters in Nashville, and I'm just happy to to go through and find their songs and tr- try to find songs that sound like I would ri- have written them if I would if I did write. Have you sung any of Garth's songs? That he wrote? No, I haven't. He, I, I've heard some of his songs, and you know, would love to uh, maybe do one of his in the future. But as of this point, I haven't recorded any. You're from Texas originally. From Kansas. From Kansas, I beg your pardon. What sort of a background did you have? Because one hears a lot of stories about country music people having terribly poverty-stricken backgrounds and so on. Was that your case? No, actually, uh, I was very, had a very normal upbringing, you know, just sort of middle class. And my dad was a farmer, and he also had a band that he played on the weekends, and that was more of a hobby. He, so he was musical, and they really recognized uh a musical, a love for music in me and in my, my younger brother, who also plays guitar in my band now. My parents really nurtured that and encouraged us, and we grew up uh, like in a musical household, and so always knew that this is what I wanted to do with my life, and um, had their support from, from, the first, from the very first. Are you basically fulfilling a lot of your father's fantasies for him? I think so, in a way, yeah. He's came to a lot of shows, and you know, I've gotten to play on the Grand Ole Opry now, and um, I think that was probably one of his dreams. And so hopefully in the future, I just talked to him a couple of days ago and, and brought up the idea of him coming down and the next time I'm on the Opry and him coming down and singing with me. So he'll get to fulfill his dream for real, too. Because you first played for him when you were eight years old, uh-huh. is that right? Do you remember that? Yes, oh yeah. I remember even younger than that, they would be rehearsing in the living room of the house and, you know, couldn't wait to, to start playing in the band. And we really just played... On the weekends, we'd go out and play every Saturday night, um, and my mother ran the soundboard. She, she mixed sound for us, and my little brother played guitar, and I sang, and my dad played guitar. So it was really you know, something our family, our whole family did together. So it was a fairly inevitable thing that you should go into music by the sound of it. I think so, yeah. Is it always very family-orientated, country music? Because, I mean, Garth gets his family involved as well, doesn't he? I think it is. It's, it's a, well, for one thing, it's, it's a tradition of music, and, and it's been passed on you know, from generation to generation. So I think that it's something that, that young people and, and the older generation can share together. So that, that tends to make it more family-oriented. Plus, just the lyrics and the, uh, what the song's about and what the music stands for is more family-oriented than, than, say, other kinds of music. What country artists and songs did you grow up with? What inspired you? Which particular songs? Oh, I grew up listening to Hank Williams, um, Hank Snow, Patsy Cline, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Linda Ronstadt when I got a little older. And was there anyone you wanted to be? Did you sort of want to emulate Linda Ronstadt particularly? For a time I did. For a period of time when I was a teenager, from about 13 to, to 16, I listened to her albums and memorized every single phrase and uh, learned a lot about phrasing actually from her, I think. Did you really believe in yourself from the outset? Did you think, I, I am going to make it regardless? There was never any worries about it? Well, I've always felt that I had a gift, uh, that the Lord gave me a gift, and so I've always felt that I must be, do something with it. And so I guess that I always thought that if I got in the right place at the right time that I could maybe have this happen. And, yeah, I guess I always did see this happening for myself and maybe as a result of that positive vision, not to mention a lot of luck and being in the right place at the right time that it's happened. 
Did you ever do anything else but perform musically? No, I waitressed, you know, to, to kind of make ends meet sometimes. And I waitressed when I first moved to Nashville. But never considered, you know, doing any other kind of profession full time. Did you move to Nashville to enhance your chances of succeeding in country music? Yes, definitely. Nashville is really the place, you know, where the music, where the country music business happens, and it's where the people are that can help you uh, make your dream come true. So uh, I moved there. My husband and I moved there in 1990, and uh, just to pursue pursue my career. And he has a, a business in music. Um, also, he's a he has a sound company, a production company, and so that's doing really well too. Obviously, he's working for Garth Brooks. So. It was a great move for both of us. Yeah, there seems to be some confusion. One place I read, he works in a sound company, then he's selling T-shirts in another one. So what exactly is the story of how you came to be with Garth Brooks and so on? My husband, John, never had anything to do with the T-shirts. He owns the, like, the speakers and, and the sound that you hear, and then he's also Garth's production manager. So when he got that job in 1991, um, I was waitressing and singing songwriter demos in Nashville, and he was going to be on the road a lot, and I just didn't want to be spend, be by myself and spend time apart from him. So I got the job selling T-shirts for Garth so that I could be out on the road with my husband. In the meantime, still working on getting a record deal, and that came through in, in the, the middle of 1991. Was it a bit frustrating selling T-shirts and things? Not really, because I never saw it as a detraction, you know. I just, and I really enjoyed it. So it was, um, I, I was still working on, you know, trying to get a record deal, and I figured I could either be out with my husband making some money and working while I was trying to get a record deal, or I could be sitting at home working as a waitress while I was trying to get a record deal. So it really, to, for me, was a better choice. Were you secretly hoping you'd be spotted by Garth, or were you sort of singing in the background as he walked past? No, 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 I would never impose like that. Um, I think he, he knew I was trying to get a record deal, and he certainly encouraged me. But he really left it up to me. I mean, didn't really get involved in that process. Then it was after I got the, the, the deal with RCA Records that he stepped in and offered me the tour. What sort of a guy is he? He's wonderful. Um, he's very generous. He's very kind. He's very passionate about his music and about his fans and about his family. And um, he's a bit of a contradiction in a lot of ways. But he's, for the most part, very honest about what he does. And uh, I think that that comes through. People can sense that. You obviously have quite a close relationship, though. You obviously get on pretty well and see quite a bit of each other. Well, just especially when um, I go out to see my husband on the road. And, and, I mean, all of last year, Garth and I toured apart. I toured, I went on and did other things. and so. Um, but, yeah, we do get along, and, and I feel real um, a real gratitude to him for, for giving me such an opportunity. And um, I think that since I did work for him before I went on tour, that, that there's a relationship there also. Do you and John go out with Garth and Sandy quite a bit and no. sort of see each other away? No, we really don't socialize, you know, outside of the music business. When he's off the road, he wants to spend time with his family, and, and when I'm off the road, I want to spend time at home. So uh, it's not really like we go out and do things together, but it's just that we have a, a bit of a history when we see each other. Tell us about you and John, how you met and what sort of thing he was involved in at the time. Well, he was uh, running his sound business from Kansas, and I uh, was living there, and I was putting a band together and needed a place to rehearse. So I rented a, a rehearsal room from him, and we just got on really well. Got to be great friends, and it was qu- quite a whirlwind courtship. He, uh, we dated for about a month and a half, and got engaged, and then we set our our wedding date for a year ahead. So uh, we've been married. It'll be six years in May, and it's still a great friendship. We're really best friends. So you were about twenty-one when you got married. Yeah. 
were you not concerned that I mean your career was going to take off and so on and things might be more difficult? Well, when I before I met John, I always thought that I wouldn't get married for a really long time because I never thought that I could find anybody, especially in Kansas, which isn't really a real musical place, that would understand what I do. And and when if if things did take off in my career, I didn't know if I could find somebody that would be able to handle it and understand it and be supportive. But when I found John, he was just amazingly supportive and really was instrumental in um, helping me record the demos for the record deal to try to get the record deal and and was we were just totally agreed agreeable on moving to Nashville and and really going for it and he's been so encouraging and really um, just the best possible friend that I could have as far as you know supporting me in this business. Are the two of you going to start a family, or is that something you've got to think about your career first? No, we want to start a family, definitely, and um, probably within the next year, because we want to have a big family. We both come from families of four. I have four, three brothers and sisters, and so does he. So we want to have you know, at least uh, two kids, maybe three or four, so we need to get started. What sort of a lifestyle do you lead? Because you're living in Nashville, what sort of existence do you Quite a glamorous one already? Oh, it's pretty boring, really. <laughs> it's a lot of work um, with the business, and I'm gone a lot. John and I are both, we travel and tour a lot, so we're not home very much. I think people will be surprised at how normal my life is. C- country music is a bit different from any other kind of music as far as it's very real, and the people are very real, and pretty much what you see is what you get. And it's not all about living some double life. It's about just being who you are and uh, you just happen to sing music and, and tour and travel. The way that I am. The way that I am, right. Do you get recognized a lot in Nashville and around America and so on now? I'm starting to uh, a bit more since, since the success of My Baby Loves Me. And uh, especially, as a matter of fact, in the past, um, I'd say two months, I've really noticed that it's, it's increasing. And um, it's nice. Do you think the audience are affected by the fact that they know you're married and they know you're settled down? Because there's a certain attraction in being available, isn't there? I don't really feel that there is in country music. Um, I feel that people really enjoy the fact that I stand, what I stand for, which is, you know, I have a very solid marriage and, and I'm very proud of that. And that's a very high priority for me. And I think that people really, really appreciate that. And, and especially women, I think. I think that it's, it's they feel maybe a kinship that that I'm married and that I have a that I'm juggling a, a career and a marriage and they feel um that they can identify with that you know mm. would he be working with you if you weren't working with Garth I mean does he have a split priorities there if you're not working together well he his he does have priorities with Garth because um Garth is his employer but I think that we always find a way to be together and when Garth is like for instance right now John is in in the US um he'll be coming over next week with with the tour and then when Garth is off the road, he comes out and tours with me, and we travel together. So we, tr- we tr- uh, make it a priority to be together as much as we can. Do you think that's the only way to keep a marriage alive in this kind of business? It, it, it works for us, and I, and I don't, for us, I, don't, I can't speak for everybody else, but it seems to really be important for us that we're together a lot so that we can share the things that happen and so that we can grow together and not grow apart. Are you, uh, obviously, uh, Garth and the, sort of the new wave of country music we're hearing about, do you think there really is a new wave of country music or is this something that's always been there, it's just getting more marketing and publicity at the moment? A bit of both. I think that country music is enjoying an immense popularity and I think that stems from be- it being exposed to people that maybe hadn't given it a chance before. You know, country music has had a stereotype for quite a while of being all hayseeds and, and sort of backward and corny and not real um, 
cosmopolitan. So I think that Garth has broken a lot uh, down a lot of uh, walls toward that. He's he's definitely uh, sort of updated the image of country music, and everybody else has followed suit. And so. I think that that makes, you know, pe- once people give it a chance, they realize that it's wonderful music and it has great lyrics and things, songs that people can really relate to and feel that, that it relates to them personally. So um, I think it's just, you know, people giving it a chance and, and maybe I've, I've got a lot of letters from people that say they, they, they weren't country fans, but they saw CMT one day or they heard country music once or twice and, and now are huge fans. And I think the people that just now discover it are, are probably the most intense fans maybe even more than people that have been listening to it all their life. Well, what's the difference between the country music of today and, and the stuff you used to listen to when you were younger? I think that there's a bit of cross between pop music and country music. I think that the younger generation of country artists, like myself, has been influenced by a lot of different kinds of music. We grew up listening to country, and we grew up listening to pop, and we grew up listening to rhythm and blues and jazz and rock and roll. So it's all those influences kind of meld and while I, for the most part, keep the tradition of, of the art form of traditional country music at the center of my music, I think that you can hear different influences also. And maybe that makes it a bit more relatable to, to a bigger audience. Who or what started this new wave of country music? Well, I think you can go back before Garth and see uh, artists like Waylon Jennings, who was really sort of an outlaw to the country music industry for his time, and um, brought in different... different uh, influences to to his music started a whole new sound um and there's always been kind of the innovators and you can see that during every period of time even from hank williams he was pretty innovative for his time are you an innovator i don't know i I don't know if if i can see it i'm pretty close to it i don't know if i can see it from an objective point of view i just try to do good music and and i think that as a woman in country music um try to do songs that women can relate to and do songs that are that are strong and maybe sing for women. It seems that the women audience can really relate to my music, and I, and I enjoy that. Are you glad you're coming through now with this resurgence in the popularity of country music? Definitely. I mean, I would have been honored to be involved in it at any time, but it's a very exciting time to be involved in country music with the new popularity and with uh, all the new artists. And So, yeah, it's a great time to be... I feel such really honored to get to be part of this because this is what I've always wanted to do. How do you feel as the reaction of the more veteran country music stars, the people of yesterday? Do they take kindly to the likes of yourself bringing in this new wave of country music? I feel that um, they do for the most part. I've talked to quite a few of them. I've spent quite a bit of time with Connie Smith and and the the Opry stars. And, you know, I think that they feel as long as we... The, the, those of us that keep the tradition of country music alive and don't get don't stray too far into the pop end of things and keep the the chord structure and the instrumentation and the melody and the lyrics sort of of country music alive, I think that they feel happy for us and and kind of proud that that it's getting so so popular because they and you know we have to remember that they really set the ground. I mean they've been working at this for all their life and and um, I feel. A, a immense amount of respect to to the to those artists for really laying the groundwork for the rest of us to come along and, and be able to enjoy this success. Is there a concern that the barriers between rock and country music are just gradually melting? Do you think that's a good thing or quite a worrying thing? I think it's a concern. It's a concern for me, and, and I think that there are people that are concerned with that fact. I don't think we quite know how to 
deal with it if it, it you know if it does happen if it gets more and more away from the traditional side of, of country music and it's all such a whirlwind now the success of country music is so intense and it's it's kind of like we, we're in the eye of the storm and maybe we'll look back in in a few years and see things we should have done differently things that were just perfect the way they were and maybe we can have more of an objective point of view but I feel like um, the music will always come back full circle to where it began it will always come back to the tradition uh, the heritage of, of where we all started from is there a new image to go with the new wave of country music? I mean, do you not sit on a stool anymore and wear a hat and have cowboy boots, that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, we, I, we still wear our cowboy boots and our hats, but, yeah, I think it's a more... Some of us do, but I think it's a more um, uptown image, and, and, and I don't know that it's a conscious thing because there are a lot of... There's still a lot of wonderful country charm, and I think that, that there's a big difference between country artists and, and, say, rock and roll artists in the way that they treat their fans, in the way that they treat each other, and in the way they treat themselves. So I still think that there's a lot of um, great values that, we've, that we're going to hang on to. How much do you enjoy the celebrity that goes with being a country music star? Right now I'm enjoying it very much. It's still very new. It's, it's nice to be recognized for what I do, and it's nice to have people enjoy my music. So hopefully that will continue. Is there any truth in the rumor that you appeared in an episode of Baywatch? That's true. That's true. Yes, I did. Tell us how that came about. Well, um, I got offered the role. I didn't. Right now, I've, people ask if I'm going to get into acting or whatever, and I'm not actively pursuing any of that. But I did get offered this role, and I felt that it was a good role. I play an aspiring singer, which is something I can definitely relate to. And um, Ricky Van Shelton is in the episode with me. And we just had a lot of fun doing it, and I gained a whole new respect for actors and actresses. It's very hard work, and um, it's going to air in the U.S. May 2nd, so we'll see what the reaction will be. A lot of people over here were inspired by the films Coal Miner's Daughter and Sweet Dreams and so on. Did they affect you as well? Definitely, yes. Um, Coal Miner's Daughter is still one of my favorite films of all time, and... I just think it is a great a tribute to, to a wonderful woman, Loretta Lynn, and, and we all, it's funny because we think, us women in the 90s in country music, sometimes think we had it hard, but she was really a pioneer and, and juggled a career, a marriage, a family, children, all that stuff, and, and in a time when it wasn't as well structured as it is now, I mean, you really literally had to get in your car and go and, and sell yourself to, rec you know, sell your music to the radio stations and She's wonderful, and she's still wonderful. I saw her on TV a week ago, and she still sings great and has so much class and, and um, is a wonderful role model for, for, uh, for all of us. Do you get quite excited when you see the likes of Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette around town? Definitely, and I haven't got to meet Loretta yet. Um, I've, I've met Tammy, and she's, they're so kind and nice and sweet, and, and they carry themselves with so much grace. It's very, very much something to be in awe of. Do you have ambitions to emulate their success, to be up there with them one day in the Country Music Hall of Fame and so on? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that we all do, That we're starting out. But what, the most thing that I have ambitions to do is just to carry on the tradition that they've started and hopefully be able to do it with as much style as they did. Well, the more veteran country artists have their own museums and places dedicated to them. Would you like a Martina McBride Center <laughs> one day? I don't know. I've, I've, I've you know, saved things, definitely. My mother, I think, would enjoy that. <laughs> Finally, what is your message to the people of Europe when they come and see you? and What, what, what would you like them to, to come away with when they see you? Well, I just hope that they, they go away knowing me a little bit better. Um, I really like to have a personal rapport with the audience. And 
we're new to this and then they're new to us. So hopefully we will leave uh, with a great admiration for each other.